Now, when I think about this, what is this thing I want, what I want when I want it? It has to do with immaturity. Now that I'm in recovery and emotionally sober, I'm a mature adult, I have patience. I'm able to delay gratification. I can see that I had this, I want what I want when I want it mentality in many areas of my life, especially before recovery. And I know that I'm not alone in that. Hi, I'm Barb Nangle. I want to welcome you to my podcast, Fragmented to Whole, Life Lessons from 12-Step Recovery, where I help people heal their emotional, psychological, and spiritual wounds and make deep, lasting changes in their lives. I'm the founder and CEO of Higher Power Coaching and Consulting, LLC, where I coach people on how to develop healthy boundaries. On this podcast, I share my experience, strength, and hope from recovery. I don't support or endorse any particular 12-step recovery fellowship, and I don't claim to speak for any particular 12-step fellowship. I also don't believe that 12-step recovery is the only way to recover. You might need additional help. My hope is that you'll find my words concretely helpful in improving your life, whether you're in recovery or not. If you like what you've heard on this episode, please screenshot it and share it on social media. And if you do, please be sure to tag me at Higher Power Coaching. This is episode 197, Delayed Gratification, the antidote to I want what I want when I want it. I don't think I realized this before I got in recovery, but that was kind of my attitude much of the time. I want what I want when I want it. Here's an example from the six-week solo road trip I took in the fall of 2018 in a camper van out west. This was a van I rented through Outdoorsy.com, which if you're not familiar, it's kind of like an Airbnb for RVs. Now, I knew I was going for six weeks, and of course, because I live in New Haven, I was leaving from here, and I wanted a camper van specifically, something that was small enough that I could drive it through all the different national parks I planned to go to but it was also big enough for me to live in with all my stuff for six weeks. That meant that I needed to find something that was close enough for me to drive to pick it up from New Haven, Connecticut, and it needed to be a camper van that was available for the six weeks I planned to go. Now, I found such a van in upstate New York that was close enough, and when I went to go check out the van, it was dinged up in a couple places on the outside. On the inside, the vinyl or whatever it was on the ceilings and the walls was kind of cracked and the owner tried to patch it up with duct tape. And because it was a really hot day in August, the duct tape was peeling off and there was a handle missing on one of the doors on the inside and it was fastened with a bungee cord. And I asked the owner about all the dings and the issues inside and she assured me that she had taken a trip pretty recently in the van and everything worked just great. And that she had a very trustworthy mechanic who would get it all tuned up for my trip. Now, she knew that this was a first for me. I'd never done a solo trip like this before, and I'd never used a camper van before, though I had camped in tents as a youth. But because I wanted what I wanted when I wanted it, which was to go on my trip on the dates I'd selected, And to rent this van because it was the size I wanted, had all the accommodations I wanted, and it was available for the entire six weeks of my timetable. Well, what I can admit now is that I overlooked the cosmetic things on the van because I wanted what I wanted when I wanted it. 
And here's the thing. The van was such a piece of shit that it broke down so many times that it saw four different mechanics, one of whom it saw three times. And the owner put over $2,000 of repairs into it in the first two and a half weeks of my trip. And I finally ended up ditching it in Holbrook, Arizona. And the folks at Outdoorsy, God bless them, found me another vehicle so that I could finish out my trip. But that meant that I had to fly home instead of driving home with all my stuff. And that meant that I needed someone to go to New York to pick up my car for me. So I had a couple of friends who, by the way, were friends from recovery, go pick it up for me. And they were like, Barb, what the fuck? The place your car was parked should have been an indicator to you that there was something wrong here. Like you should have known the van was a piece of shit. Now, I just did not have the ego strength at the time to acknowledge that they were right. Now, I was pretty wounded from this entire experience because it was really difficult for me to have so many difficulties on this trip that was a trip of a lifetime. And I wasn't as far into my recovery as I am now. And to go along with the theme from the last episode, I was still pretty deep in denial about my life and how my high tolerance for dysfunction enabled me to put up with shit a normal person wouldn't. So I didn't have the ego strength at the time to admit that they were right. I should have known there was something up with the van and the whole situation, and it took me quite a long time to tell anybody what a piece of crap the van looked like cosmetically when I first went to see it. Now, not that you need these details, but I do want to share a couple of details about the van. The first day of my trip, I wanted to park in mid-afternoon and leave the air conditioning running because it was too hot to park without it. And I'd left my house at like 5 a.m. and I was fucking beat. Well, I wanted to take a nap. So The air conditioning wouldn't work. And I found out a few days later that that was because the generator wasn't even connected or maybe it wasn't turned on. And that's why also the refrigerator kept going off unless the van was running. So that was the first indicator that something was up with the van. Now, a few days later, I was in Tupelo, Mississippi. I decided to stay there at the same campground for the entire weekend because it was Labor Day weekend. And I didn't want to take the chance of not being able to find a campground on such a busy camping weekend. There was a local mechanic there who is the one who determined that the generator hadn't been turned on or hooked up or whatever. It was so long ago. I don't remember exactly which one it was. Now, he worked on it to fix a few little things like putting a new shower head in and stuff like that. And luckily, because I decided to stay in town for the holiday weekend, when I was driving around town and suddenly heard a scraping noise, I was able to call him and have him come help me. And it ended up that he worked on this van three times. Well, that scraping noise, it was the exhaust pipe that had let loose. And when I got down underneath the van, I found that both ends of the exhaust pipe had been jerry-rigged with a coat hanger on one end and a wire on the other. Now, the woman who owned the van had told me she had a lot of trust in her mechanic. 
So this is a guy who, in preparing the van to take a six-week road trip, didn't even hook up the generator, and he Mickey-moused the exhaust pipe. Now, there was way more than that. Those are just a couple of examples on what condition the van was in and the lack of care that was taken with it. Now, when I think about this, what is this thing I want, what I want when I want it? It has to do with immaturity. Now that I'm in recovery and emotionally sober, I'm a mature adult, I have patience. I'm able to delay gratification. I can see that I had this, I want what I want when I want it mentality in many areas of my life, especially before recovery. And I know that I'm not alone in that. A friend of mine in recovery admitted about two years after the fact that she had a situation in which she wanted what she wanted when she wanted it. When she decided to move to a certain town because she had a recovery community and really wanted to be near them, and she also really loved the town. However, it was a really inconvenient location in terms of her driving to work because she had to drive over an hour each way through a really busy corridor of traffic to get there. And this was more towards the beginning of her recovery when she was pretty unstable, often depleted and depressed because she didn't know how to take care of herself. And even though she loved her new town and had this lovely support network of people, it didn't make up for the fact that every single day she had to get up super fucking early in the morning and drain herself driving to and from the place for over an hour each way. Now, eventually, she moved to a place that was much closer to where she worked, but it took her some time to be able to have the ego strength to acknowledge that that had been a case of her wanting what she wanted when she wanted it. So what I guess I want to say to you, dear listener, if you're dealing with something right now that's coming to mind where you're feeling like, I want what I want when I want it, I want to caution you to think it through. So this is like what we say in recovery, think the drink through, think the drug or the bite or the date through. Don't just think about the momentary delight that you're going to have when you first take that drink or that bite, or if you make the good parts of this decision. Don't just think about what it's going to be like when you have the good aspects of the thing you want. Think through what could happen if you continue to ignore the negative aspects of that decision. If you really don't want to run your decision by anybody else, that's all the more reason you probably should run your decision by someone else. So if you have a sponsor, perhaps run it by them or a therapist or a clergy person, just find some trusted other mature person who is going to tell you the truth. Now, it doesn't mean you have to do what they say. But when you hear yourself saying something out loud, it might wake you up out of your own denial about the decision. I think if I had said out loud to somebody, I went to go take a look at this van and it had dents and scrapes on the outside and cosmetically on the inside, it was a piece of crap with duct tape that was peeling off and it was parked in a really dilapidated place that looked pretty seedy. Now, if I had said that shit out loud to someone else, I probably wouldn't have gone through with it and would have tried to continue finding another vehicle that was available for my six-week trip 
but I wanted what I wanted when I wanted it. Now, you don't have to live like that. Think maturely about your decisions. Delay your gratification long enough to think reasonably through your decisions. Live your life in such a way that you're not making it harder for yourself. We want to live in such a way that we're making it easier on ourselves. And one of the ways to do that is to think critically about the decisions we're making. Ask yourself, what am I trying to ignore? I guess that's really the secret here. Delaying your gratification long enough to look at the truth of things. Stop ignoring those red flags and ask for help if you don't trust your own judgment. Just because you want what you want when you want it doesn't mean you should have it. If you're ready to finally have an enjoyable, relaxing summer doing things you really want to do, instead of always following other people's agendas, I have some openings for private clients right now. If you are really tired of saying yes to things you really don't want to do and being overly accommodating to others, this is for you. It's time to start accommodating yourself. Maybe you're dissatisfied with your relationships and overwhelmed with all kinds of difficult feelings because of your interactions with others. If you'd like to get your life in order before the summer hits, go to barbchat.net and sign up for a free 30-minute call with me about my private coaching so we can get started right away. That way, you'll be done by summer. This is for people who are finally ready to make deep, lasting changes in their relationship patterns, including their relationships with themselves, their partners, family, friends, and colleagues. Go to barbchat.net. If you like this podcast, and I'm guessing you did or you wouldn't still be listening, then you're going to love the other things I have to offer. If you'd love pre-released podcast scripts and episodes before anyone else gets them, or if you'd love access to content from my private vault that I developed exclusively for my private clients, which is like having a work session with me without me actually being there, go to patreon.com slash higher power coaching. There are three tiers ranging from as low as $4 up to $24 a month. You'll also love my weekly newsletter, Friday Fragments, which has content very similar to the podcast. You can check it out at fridayfragments.news. That's fridayfragments.news. Please like and subscribe to my podcast on your favorite podcast outlet. I'd also love it if you'd leave a review, which you can do either in the show notes or on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other people find my podcast so they can get the benefits you've gotten from listening. If someone came to mind when you listen to this particular episode, please share it with them. And my favorite place to hang out on social media is Instagram. I'm at Higher Power Coaching. Please DM me there. I'd love to hear what you got from this episode. I run group and private coaching programs on building healthy boundaries. Whether you need help, with boundaries in your personal, professional, or romantic life, I can help. Head on over to barbchat.net where you can hop onto my calendar for a free 30-minute Better Boundaries consultation. My ideal client is someone who is ripe for change. If that's you, I would love to work with you. 
My goal with all my work is to help you make lasting changes in your life like I've made deep, lasting changes in my life. Remember, it's never too late to recover. No one is beyond hope and healing is possible. Thanks for listening.